So hello and welcome to the 46th episode of the Spotlight Podcast, the unofficial podcast for Century 21 sales representatives in Canada. We discuss the hot topics and important news in the real estate industry. So I'm your host, Linus Killius, and with me, as always, is Aaron Richardson. How's it going, Aaron? I'm doing very well. Good to hear. So Aaron is a broker and general manager with Century 21 Heritage Group. Aaron has an extensive background in online marketing, technology, and customer service. And I'm the head of business development of the real estate marketing company, Homania. So we've spent the past several episodes discussing the pillars of your business. And so far, we've covered pillar number one, setting up your CRM. Pillar number two, taking advantage of open houses to expand your sphere of influence. And finally, pillar number three, geographically farming to, again, expand your sphere of influence. So I'm sensing a bit of a trend here. You've got your sphere of influence growing. You've got a business plan in place. You've got an advertising budget, and you're farming an area. But today we're going to talk about focused prospecting. How can you maximize your time, energy, and money prospecting to ensure you can get the best results? But before we get into that, there is some breaking news out of the Bank of Canada today. It's being called the most ground-shaking mortgage rules of all time. Aaron, is that true? Is this an overreaction? What is it exactly that we're hearing from the Bank of Canada today? Well, it's a big change. Uh, you know, it was uh, an online quote that somebody had, uh, you know, put on there in terms of the, uh, you know, they keep talking about making small changes and, you know, stress tests and everything, but this is a big change. This is going to um, dramatically affect what people can afford to purchase. So what exactly is the change? Well, they're, what they're doing is they're uh, suggesting that instead of qualifying, so if you're putting more than 20% down, so it's not CMHC insured or Genworth insured, it's not insured mortgage, um, you're considered an A client of the bank, uh, you will now have to qualify not for the posted rate or the best sorry or the best rate. Um, currently, let's say a five-year fixed is at two nine seven. You're going to have to uh, tag another two percent onto that in order to qualify. Should so be actually having to qualify at five percent, which brings your qualification amount of what you can spend down considerably. It sounds like a bit of a precursor to rates going up. Is that the general consensus? Well, I think so. I mean, that's what everything is pointing towards. So uh, it might be a good time for everybody to look at your mortgage situation, see if it's better to lock in. I've got a variable mortgage currently, so it might be, you know, time to re-look re at that and see if the 297 is going to be, you know, better than my variable 24 or whatever, right? So um, jump into a five-year fixed. Now, is this going to affect the marketplace, make people a little bit, you know, not buying and selling as much, you think? Well, I can't. Well, that's the, right now, if you're a first-time home buyer and you have saved the 20%, you're all, oh, great, I'm willing to you know, now put some uh, good money towards my future home. You're 37 years old. You finally can afford. Now what they're saying is the $800,000 home that you may have been able to afford, uh, which would be great if it was a first-time home, but um, in, uh, in Toronto, that's the reality. Uh, you might not be able to afford something more than 680000 let's say, because of the qualification change, even if you have a great job and a, and a, and a great credit rating. Yeah, I mean, 2% extra st on the stress test makes a big difference, the amount of mortgage mm -hmm. you can afford to. So um, how should real estate agents be prepping their clients then um, in terms of yeah. know, buying now, just in terms of being prepared for what they can afford uh, down the road? Lock in as soon as possible, even though they've set a date of January 1st for things, these things to take place, they are suggesting that lenders may want to uh, start doing this now. So there may be some lenders that follow suit very quickly to start doing the stress test. Um, 
and uh, you might not be able to lock in if uh, if you don't get to them quick. You think we're going to see a bit of a rush then right away, like while people are trying to lock in quick while they can? I do. I do. We have, yeah, the, before January, this is going to actually have a quite a big, I think, kick to the end of the year. So good for the next three months, but uh, maybe not so good going into next year. So uh, that might be. Now, I just I would highly suggest people get locked in. You can lock in for as long as three months, usually with most in institutions. So you get your 90-day lock-in, and uh, and you can close in February, March. You just can't write the the agreement and have a I guess a fully guaranteed or committed mortgage with the insurer uh, post January 1st. Now this is going to shake things up for the next few months before it locks in, and maybe it a is. couple months afterwards. Is this going to affect the spring market, especially in markets like Toronto, where you do get that spring market? Yeah, I would. Uh, I would definitely say that that could be a, a good possibility. So it might be a little bit less volume than last year. I guess everyone should prepare for that. Well, it's been really tough to get people uh, approved as it stands today. Um, you imagine now you've added another two percent. It's just it might be tough. So is this a smart move, do you think, or do you think this is a mistake? I mean, in the end, it's it's always smart when when you know you don't have the bubbles and you don't have the uh, you don't have things going crazy uh, highs of the highs of the lows. You want to you know see a, sort of have a, an equilibrium, but the problem is is usually the highs and lows are caused by things like this. So unfortunately, I still think it's a little bit too much government uh, inter. Uh, interaction with the uh, the rules in order to stifle or bring down the average house pricing and stuff. It could really have a, a, a negative dramatic effect. I mean, think about how hard it is for somebody now to qualify for their first home. Like you're just making it harder for them to qualify. So people aren't, you know, it's the consumer debt that they're worried about right now. It's so high. So, but aren't they going to get in more debt when they have to now borrow more and not have equity in their home in order to pay off the debt? Like it's a really... <laughs> It's a, it's a scary situation. Yeah, I don't envy the people at the Bank of Canada making all these different choices and everything too because they've got to weigh you know, the economy uh, factors as well and being able to, they have to eventually bring interest rates up so they have more play to bring them back down if they need to stimulate the economy in the future too. Yeah, you're just being nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what, I, and sometimes I, I, I think a little too political, but I just, at this point in time, I just think it's way too much uh, government interaction, they, intervention and I got to tell you right now, um, we criticized the government over the last year saying they haven't done anything. Like this new liberal government hasn't really done much. Trudeau hasn't done much. Um, wow, things are, uh, <laughs> he really knows when to turn it on because there's a lot of changes going on right now with corporation, uh, corporations and uh, taxes with, uh, within the corporation changing. And, and now these, uh, you know, being able to, you know, obviously afford a home. You know, these are big, big things that affect our, um, our economy. Now that we're getting to the end of the year, um, I mean, we're looking towards next year. Maybe people are starting to think about their business plans. Are you starting to advise agents to prepare for maybe a year where they do make a little bit less in terms of sales, just financially? Um, yeah, you will see. I mean, we've already seen it right now. 50% uh, of, of our office are actually walking and going, good, this is what we need, right? The other 50% is going, no, I'm going to be out of a job. So it's it's a split, and what's really happening is the agents that are doing a great job and build their business uh, through repeat referral and people that trust them will stay in business, and in fact they'll flourish because they do everything right. And the and, you know when you list your house for sale, it's gonna be tougher to sell. So you're gonna want somebody who really knows what they're doing. Um, the agents that uh, let's say the low knowledge and low information agents, they're not going to be able to withstand this type of market. So you have to decide what agent you're going to be. So business planning and everything we're talking about 
with regards to building pillars of business and everything is going to come into so much more play. Yeah, you see that with any sort of economy, like any sort of niche market and everything too, is once you do have a bit of a downturn or a slowdown, if things not as easy as it was previously, you get like the the ones that kind of survive through it being stronger for it too. So I guess right. that, that does encourage to make sure that you are a bit smarter with your money and you do have that business plan going into the next year so you are prepared for it. And you can, yeah. like you said, flourish in the situation where other agents might flounder. That's right. All right, well, let's get into the show then, because we're talking about targeted prospecting. Um, so I didn't actually know what you're talking about when we first, when we first suggested this uh, as a topic. So how about you tell me a little bit about what targeted prospecting is and how you get your most money out of prospecting? Sure. When you're looking at your different pillars and places where your business comes from, I always break it down to three areas, your sphere of influence, paid advertising, and prospecting. Um, other people break it down to pillars or profit centers and essentially we're all doing the same thing we're focusing on areas that we're going to really target to get our business uh, moving so one of the things we did was start with sphere of influence because it's the most important you can't do any prospecting or anything in your business unless you have a book of business that you're maintaining all the time uh, open houses were great um, now we're talking about prospecting which is going out and finding somebody tomorrow that's gonna buy or sell so you want to you want to create a lead from something you do, and in this case, we're going to be targeting on something called just listed and just solds. So, what do you mean? As soon as you say prospecting, the thing I think about is yeah. door knocking. Are we talking about door knocking here? Um, so we, yeah, I mean we are. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, but you'd be door knocking if you're doing your farm area too. Mm -hmm. So it's not really door knocking as a pillar or profit center and you don't want to look at it that way you want to look at why am i door knocking so you're going to door knock within your uh area that you're farming this is a specific way that you're going to target an area that's more likely uh to give you a result quicker um through through homes that have been just listed or just sold Okay, so you're actually focusing on a specific area that happens to be, for whatever reason, you think like the hotter area to, to be ready to sell. So you're targeting Correct. those factors. Is, so is it just the fact that a, just li like a, a listing's popping up in an area? Is that the number one factor we're talking about today? So yeah, if, uh, if, 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 if a house has popped up in an area for sale, you know the neighbors are checking it out and they're, they're going to keep their eye on it. So... Uh, we often know as real estate agents, and I know this is a fact the last 10 years, that when I sold a house in an area, you'll see the next week after it sells, something else pops up in the area. It just seems like it's a domino effect. Um, and they have actually done some research to find that uh, if a house is on sale on the street, you have a 37% higher chance of another house coming up. So which gives you a 37% higher chance of getting a uh, possible lead from that street just because of the, there being a house for sale on it. And when your time is valuable, you know, 30% extra value out of your time is an important thing. So mm -hmm. if that listing pops up, what do you do? Do you set up a lemonade stand outside of the for sale sign and just start, start talking to anyone who's looking at it? Sure. Lemonade sale. <laughs> um, no, you, I mean, door knocking is probably uh, the way you're going to go about it. Um, and nobody really loves to door knock. But if you have a, have a some good information to provide and you know what you're going to say and come prepared um it's actually quite uh, profitable um especially if you do it consistently so how how would you start 
the door knocking process like what would you say to the people what kind of information are you bringing to the table obviously i guess the listing price of the house maybe some information yeah. about the house but. well sometimes it's you know this questions that are asked should i target areas that a house that i've just listed obviously yes you have a higher percentage chance that you've listed the house so they're going to want to know from you um the information all the rest of it uh, but it doesn't really matter if uh if you're new into the business and you want to target an area and you want to get out there and get a listing the best thing is to do is uh print off a list from your mls system of houses that sold in the area that you want to work in within the last seven days seven days is a key amount of time because people are it's kind of like a hot zone it's everybody's talking about the listing in that seven days so I would find the street that just had a listing and it doesn't have to be ours. It doesn't have to be our brokerage. It doesn't, it's just a listing. Um, and what you'll do is you'll go door to door, just letting them know that uh, the house just came up down the street and there might be a lot of buyers out there looking um, for homes on the street now. And if any of those buyers happen to come by your desk, would you be interested in maybe having them buy and just see what they think about your house? Would you be interested in that uh, and possibly selling? And is that just just starting up a conversation because they're a little bit more likely, more more amenable than your typical prospect? Yeah, it starts them to think you're not asking for a listing. You're not asking them to put the house for sale. You're just saying, hey, have you ever thought about maybe selling the house? And I'm not asking you to put the house on the market, but just if I had a buyer since that house just came down, it came up for $7.99. They'll ask a little bit of information about it. You tell them how the Smith's house is selling, you know, they put it up for $7.99. So you, you show that you know the area, uh, know the house, you've been through it. And, uh, and they said, would you have a buyer? Actually, I don't know if I have a buyer for your house yet because I haven't seen your house. Do you mind taking me through, right? Let's book an appointment for tomorrow or would Thursday be better? Um, these are just, again, techniques. Um, I'll be by the area again on Thursday. Do you mind if I, if I can pop by then? And uh, because they already know you're in the area, well, they're not putting you out. So uh, it'd be more likely that they'll come, they'll invite you back uh, through the day you're, you're there. You just gave me a bit of an idea too. What if you had a buyer that was looking in the area too? I guess this is mm -hmm. a potential idea to maybe find, I, I know double endings, a bit of a, you know, mm -hmm. mixed bag issue right now, but I mean, you can go around, maybe you can find a house for your buyer and, you know, find someone who was looking to list as well, right? On the other Obviously, end. if you have any buyers and they're looking in an area, that's the best. You've got now a, like a qualified buyer mm -hmm. that is truly looking for a house in an area. And most areas do have things for sale. Just, you got to stay on top of the just listed. So every, every Monday, Tuesday, whatever you time block into your schedule, print off the list of the last seven days. If there was a house sale or a house listed, in the area that you have a buyer, it's golden. That's great. Yeah, cool. So what about the other side of it too? If, if a house just sells in the area too, does that mm -hmm. give you any sort of leverage to talk to clients? Absolutely. You're going to um, door knock. I am Aaron Richardson from Central 21 Heritage Group. Um, a house just up the street sold on uh, on your street. Oh yeah, what did it go for? Well, you know, for the purpose of valuating your home, which we're allowed to do, the house went for, you can tell them the price because you're helping evaluate their home. That's how, you know, we get around the, uh, the rules. But uh, um, uh, because of the activity on that house, there's still a lot of buyers that lost out. So if any of those buyers, if I could get a hold of some of those buyers that were interested in that house, would you be interested in having them come through your house and maybe we can put a deal together? It sounds like a pretty enticing offer. If, if I'm sure there's Save probably the a lot. Of, sure, you know. Yeah, there's probably a lot of people out there that are maybe on the fence about selling, but this might be an easy thing to kind of push them over the edge too, to be like, well, if someone's already looking, might as well entertain the idea, and if nothing else, gives you a little bit more face time with the with the prospect as well. 
really you're getting an appointment. You're getting an opportunity to create a relationship with that uh, with that person. And, and that's the reason why you're there. You are actually there just to create a relationship. And this is a great way to open the door to that relationship. Obviously, if you have a buyer, it makes it much easier. If you don't have a buyer, you still are looking for buyers for them. So you need to see the house to find a buyer for them. So you're not lying. You're saying, listen, I don't know if I have a buyer for your house. I just haven't seen it. Why don't you take me through and we can go through it. And then you establish the, the relationship and say, listen, I'd love to bring you a buyer. Have you considered this, that, and whatever? So there is uh, extra opportunities to open other doors as soon as they like you. And how aggressive should you go here? I mean, like there's listings coming up in all sorts of areas all the time. Should you just kind of restrict it to a specific geographical area that you're focused on farming? Or just should you be doing this in your downtime? Like what, when yeah. should you be doing this? It's, it's not a farming program, so you do not have to have a geographical area. It really does not matter. I liked what you said. If you had a buyer, then that's an area that you can tar target. But other than that, the, the, it's wide open. Um, you do not work within what you know. I mean, I think that's important. Um, they will start testing you on your knowledge of the area and what's happening and, and the sales. So if you don't have the answers to that, um, two year, or two months ago, there was a, another sale down the road, and if they ask you about it, you don't have the answer to that you've failed the test so you do need to be knowledgeable about the area and be able to talk about even coming down to you know people's names like i said the smith's house down the street that'll give them immediate confidence that you don't do know the people that uh, are selling so is it just listings coming up listing selling is there anything else that might be an indicator that people are willing to like wanting to sell or wanting to talk to real estate agents like maybe like even just news like today like that we we talked about too like the bank of canada having this, you know, new stress test or maybe some news in the neighborhood gives you an excuse to go in the door and talk to people about real estate. Is yeah. There... I mean, you, th this, this is a program, um, that, uh, was put together by pretty smart people that work for them. Um, I've heard it of a few different coaches and trainers, so it's really easy for me to say that this works. Um, if you ha I used to do something called nosy neighbor. So that was my, um, clipboard. I'm taking down information from the people in the neighborhood. Your neighbors um, are joining a list of uh, of people on my system that is going to keep you updated with all the houses and what they're listed for in the area. So I get that email address off them and then I put them on a prospect search for the area around them and send them emails every time something came up. So that was something that worked really well for me and it was called Nosy Neighbor. So it was another idea. You can You can create these creative ideas as long as it works for you and you feel confident about it. Um, that's, that doesn't really matter what you come up with. Um, so yes, there are other things, but try and find, try the, try the try and true first before you start, you know, spending a lot of time just trying to be super creative and never really grabbing onto things cause they don't stick. Right. Do you find a lot of agents do this kind of targeted prospecting or is this something that's generally ignored and just, they just do regular general prospecting? I don't know if it's ignored. I don't think they've been trained. I, I think in general, um, Maybe it's maybe it's a negative opinion of uh, other brokerages, but I just find that if if you're not focused on learning and training and bettering yourself and coming to you know whether it be prospecting seminars and really getting this information, I think there's a lot of agents out there will just go door to door and say, "Are you thinking of buying and selling?" You know, and that's it. I know somebody does it and does a very good job of it actually. And last time we talked, I think it was about a year ago about prospecting. Um, I used him as an example as he just goes door to door with this business card and says, are you thinking about buying or selling in the next 60 days? No. Have you ever, do you know anybody that might be thinking about buying and selling in the next 60 days? Um, have you ever thought about using the equity in your home to buy a, uh, an income property? And uh, these are just 
questions they ask, but they're so basic and he just makes sure he hits as many doors as possible. He, he's just, he really, uh, yeah, two and a half times in our area. So he, he hits probably about 80,000 homes a year or something. It's crazy. Yeah, well, I guess in that situation too, if you take 80,000 homes, it's a numbers game, right? You improve your just success that. rate by 37% or whatever it happens to be. If you do some more targeted prospecting, you know, you'd get, you know, potentially 37% more leads out of it as well. And you'd greatly increase your, your batting average, so to speak. Yeah, usually I talk to the agents in our office about door knocking, and they say, I got to go door knocking, but I don't really want to go door knocking. And I said, well, why don't we? Well, you know, a lot of people close the door and all the rest of it. I said, well, why don't you try this? Would you be comfortable saying this in this area? And they're like, actually, no, that makes it a lot easier, right? Um, sometimes it's a matter of, especially in your farm area door knocking, uh, just introducing yourself. I just wanted to, you know, meet the neighbors, right? So this is the area I work in. What's your name? You know, how long you been here? What do you do for a living? You know, that sort of thing. And uh, that works well within a farm area. But if you're looking for business tomorrow, you're looking for targeted people looking to buy or sell in the next 90 days, let's say. So um, this is a great way to do it. Cool. Is there anything else you want to talk about regarding targeted uh, prospecting? Um, I think a lot of people have questions. I had somebody come in my office today, actually, right before the, the this podcast was interesting, about cold calling. And he says, you know what, uh, don't we have a system that does this for us and all the rest? I say, yeah, you know, we used a telelisting and we have free, you know, give everybody a free uh, free account and uh, does the do not call list and uh, lets you do tasks and reminders. He says, yeah, but there's something that actually dials the number for you. I said, yeah, yeah, there are definitely auto dialers out there and that will increase your success rate by like, tenfold. I know people that do this and are on network groups and talk about their success rate of uh, cold calling. And it's the same idea. You can do the just listed and just sold program through calling. I think it's about 10% effective because uh, a lot of the stuff even, you know, people just don't put their name in registries anymore and they don't want to be called. So you're only going to be hitting a small percentage. Um, but when you do get that person that picks up the phone, um, that's a higher chance, right? So these automatic dialers, these third-party uh, websites that'll do it for you, um, they'll just sit there and keep dialing until they get a connection and they'll put it through to you as soon as they get a connection. So um, somebody essentially could be just sitting in front of the computer all day talking to people and not having to lift a finger to make the phone call. Um, so that I've heard that is pretty effective for some people. Um, so I thought I'd bring it up. I've never done it that way. So I can't say that it's worked for me, but I know it has worked for others. So that might be something people think about. Well, I guess, I guess if it's freezing cold outside or yes. the weather's horrible, it's a nice alternative to getting wet, right? So that's or, right. Or, or frozen. Um, so yeah, I guess that's multiple ways you can go about the prospecting, uh, like system here to do some more targeted prospecting. So it seems like some pretty good advice. All right. So I think we're going to close out the show here. So if you like the show, you can subscribe to our show on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts online. And please don't forget to leave us a five-star review on those sites. You can watch this and past shows at spotlight.century21.ca slash podcast. If you need to reach us, you can email us anytime at podcast at homania.com. That's podcast at H-O-M as in Mary, E-A-N as in Nancy, I-A.com. So this podcast was brought to you by the Spotlight Marketing Program, an exclusive marketing package available only to Century 21 agents in Canada. Spotlight provides agents with a comprehensive marketing strategy for their listings, provide high-quality HDR photography, stunning HD video tours, cutting-edge responsive website, and an extensive advertising system that will help sell your listings faster, sell them for more money, impress your clients, and generate leads. So find out why so many top agents are using Spotlight by visiting spotlight.ca today. Aaron, thanks again for all that advice. <laughs> thanks thanks for watching and listening. Have a great week. Take care.